0: This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, in the back of your bulletin is a place for you to take notes as we are talking about opportunity, not obligation. And I believe the Lord wants us to set a pace for all He has in store for us. And and there's so many opportunities God has given you to draw closer to Him. I want you to understand that the spiritual life is not a life of pressure. Uh, One thing that makes... Our religion unique, because our religion is a true religion, is the fact that we're not the ones trying to earn God's favor. We are the ones who have received God's favor. And so we respond to God's favor. Uh, we have been favored highly through the salvation that he's brought us. So then the spiritual disciplines that you and I participate in is not trying to earn God's favor. It's responding to the favor we've already received. Today, I want to talk to you about fasting uh, and what I believe God has for us as a church as we look for fasting and and want to clear up some misconceptions. And we're going to today I'm going to talk about uh, generally uh, God's plan for fasting. And then this Wednesday, uh, as part of our business meeting at the beginning of it, I'm going to share with you some of the specifics uh, of the fast that we're going to participate in from January 10th to January 30th. Uh, so many misconceptions on fasting, you know, fasting is part of most religions. And so it's really easy sometimes to uh, begin to compare what fasting is uh, and begin to look at another religion and say, well, they fast longer or they fast more frequently and they're more disciplined. Or, or we begin to hear what other people are doing and, and we, we begin to think, well, some people are professional fasters and some people can do it and some people can't. But I want you, first of all, to realize that fasting doesn't have anything to do with anybody else in your life. Fasting is about you and your relationship with Jesus. So if God's called some of you to fast one meal, or if he's called some of you to fast two weeks, God is not comparing you to somebody else. And he's not looking and said, I'm going to favor and bless this person more because they're fasting longer. Or I'm going to bless this person uh, less because they're not fasting as much. You see, God doesn't look like that. He doesn't think like us. It's all about your personal relationship with the Lord. And so the invitation to fast is something very personal. See, now I'm calling for a corporate fast. And within that, there's different degrees of that. But I just want you to know, first of all, that on a personal level, like anything in the spirit, we're supposed to approach it with joy. So you need to... Approach fasting with joy and with expectation that God has given this incredible opportunity So let's start at the very basics. What is fasting? That's a question. Well, that's that's a really good question uh, Because there's all types of different fasts, but in this most basic form fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose Refraining from food. That's your first blank for a spiritual purpose. I say this is because uh, especially this time of year, fasting is not a diet. Now, obviously, obviously there's going to be some dietary benefit from that. And I believe also that as the Jewish people would fast on a regular basis, that God has designed that for physical benefit. Uh, but just in case you missed that, your first blanks there, I don't know if it's on the screen or not, but fasting is restraining from food, Uh, for the spiritual purposes. So here it is, is that if you're just approaching fasting as a diet, you will receive some benefit from that. Because obviously reducing our calories, reducing our meals is going to benefit us. It's going to discipline our stomach. It's going to focus us on maybe some physical goals we have. And honestly, if you start fasting, it's hard not to think of that. I mean, when you begin, your, your clothes begin to fit uh, a looser, uh, you get on the scales and you start losing weight. There is an excitement to that, and it's hard to totally put that out of your mind. So I think God does have a smaller purpose within that. But I want you to understand that your fast won't be successful if you don't have a spiritual purpose. That you have to say, this is ordained of God. This is part of God's design and what God wants to do. And so I am going to participate in some level of fast because I want to have a spiritual experience. I'm not just doing this just for vanity or just for weight loss or just for physical reasons. God, even though you are going to use those things, that I am doing this because I have a distinct spiritual purpose in this. Now, Richard Foster has one of my favorite quotes about fasting. I've seen other people steal it from him, but it is a beautiful quote. And it says this, Fasting is not so much about abstaining from food as we are feasting on the Word of God. So fasting is not so much about abstaining as it is about feasting. So when I'm in a fast... It's not just depriving myself of one thing, of food. It's opening my spirit to feast on the things of God. It's opening my heart for every single thing God has for me. And so even though you're going to be eliminating some sort of food or beverage in your life, you're going to be opening yourself up to the richness of who God is and the greatness of who he is. Matthew four four says this. It's a beautiful, beautiful verse. It says, man, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, here's the interesting thing. The context of Matthew 4.4 4 is Jesus was in the middle. Of a supernatural 40 day fast And that was supernatural uh, We don't recommend that Because that's uh, a God thing He went 40 days without food and water And uh, biologically you cannot do that But being fully God God supernaturally strengthened him And in the middle of that Satan tempted him To turn the stones to bread And so this was a very real temptation Jesus experienced The, the temptation to break his fast The temptation to eat eat bread and the stones turn to bread. And in Matthew 4.4, he said this. He quoted the word of God, quoted the Old Testament and said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone. I think one of the great things that happens is that when you are in a fast, you realize that your sustainability is not just on the things that sustain the world. You and I are dependent upon God's word. If we don't have a regular feeding of God's word, be it through various, various uh, manners, it could happen through sermons like this, through daily Bible reading, through hearing the word of God, because that's where faith comes from. If we're not doing that on a regular basis, we will starve spiritually. And so for a world that is only focused on the natural world, and they're saying you've got to eat, you've got to eat, eat food. Yes, you do. We understand that biologically. But, but Matthew 4.4 reminds us that we don't just, we're not just sustained by the food we eat. We are sustained by the very words of God. So Foster's quote says, listen, it's not about abstaining from food. It's about feasting on the Lord. I love Psalms 34, what it says, Psalms four eight says, taste. And see that the Lord is good. If you approach a a fast, a pending fast, and if you choose to participate on a fast, I don't want you to enter it with this dread of, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to restrain from certain types of food or from food. As much as I want you to approach it with joy, to say, I'm going to have an experience with God, a deep experience with God like I've never had before. I'm going to taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to get uh, a feast on who the Lord is and find out more about who he is. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter six, because Matthew chapter six is going to uh, reveal some an important principle to you. You know, fasting itself is a prayer. A lot, of, a lot of times people say, how much should we pray when we fast? Well, you know, that's, that's again a very personal decision. I think, I think it's a great thing to take the time you usually spend, uh, eating a meal and try to dedicate that for a spiritual purpose. Whether it be prayer, journaling, meditation, listening to worship music, reading a spiritual book, reading the Bible, that's a great thing to do. Uh, you free up some time. You free up some time, uh, that you normally would spend eating, uh, and you can use that time for the Lord. For those of us with children, fasting is definitely a challenge when you have children. Uh, now me personally, the times that I fast, uh, I found that, uh, it's more difficult for me to, to, uh, around the food preparation time to be like, leave me alone because then I'm sitting there thinking boy that food smells good and wow what's going on so what I actually do what actually helps me I don't every person's different is I actually cook a lot during a fast but it's just easier for me to handle the food get it all ready and just it keeps me busy keeps me active uh and then I might slip away by myself uh as a family eats or whatever the case is again there's no rules on this this is just a a, a talking about that uh, a little little tip here or there but Matthew Matthew 6 it reveals something to us that I want us to read together. Uh, it's it's an incredible scripture of, of Jesus teaching himself And he said be careful not to do your righteous uh, Practice your righteousness in front of others to see be seen by them If you do you will receive will have no reward from your father in heaven verse 2 now listen to that look at this So when you give to the needy What you to think about that phrase? Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. And he goes on and explains that further down. Uh, And and again, if you go to verse 3, it says, again, but when you give to the needy. So I want you to just think about that phrase. Now go to verse 5. And he says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the streets, synagogues, and on, uh, on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now again in verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now look at 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Now he goes on in verse 8 and verse 9, uh, starting in verse 9, and he does the Lord Prayer. Uh, explains the Lord's Prayer. So you see here that it said already, when you give... So there's this assumption that those who are following Yahweh, those who are following the way, are going to give. And then he says three times again, and when you pray. So there's an assumption here that prayer is going to happen. That's just part of a disciple or follower of Jesus. Now, in the same passage, let's go to verse 16. Verse 16, Matthew 6, 16, lets you know the context of this. He says this, when you fast... So I want you to think about the ramifications of that. He says, when you give, this is how you should give. And when you pray, this is how you should should pray. So most of you, if you've been exposed to Christian teaching, you know we're going to talk about giving. You know we're going to talk about prayer. There is an assumption that Christians participate in those. But here, I'm telling you, in the same passage, I'm showing you that that same assumption to fasting applies. So 16, when you fast, don't look somber. Here's some great teaching that we can receive today. As the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, 17, there it is again, when you fast put oil on your head and wash your face. There's an assumption this is going to happen so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here is the ramifications. It said when you, Jesus taught, he said when you give and when you pray, when you fast, here it is that fasting, just like giving and praying is a normal expression of the Christian life. Now, commenting a little bit on that scripture there, uh, you, you might say, well, how do you keep it a secret that you're fasting? Well, there's some people in your life you just can't keep it a secret from. And it just, you can't. And that's just, I, I just want you to know that. So, who needs to know you're fasting? The people who need to know. So, obviously, my wife knows I'm fasting. My kids, to a lesser degree, I don't call them in. So, kids, I'm fasting this week. But they kind of pick up on it, especially my older daughter now. Uh, she's asking me questions. Now, why do you do this, Dad? And what's this about? Um, my coworkers, uh, they often know that. Uh, so they, they work here at the church. So uh, that's a, a more comfortable conversation than it probably is for some of you. Uh, but uh, if I get an invitation to lunch or whatever, they pick up on that. Uh, so, you know, there's no legalistic restriction where you're like have to lie and be like, I am not fasting. You're on day four of your fast. You just sinned. You just lied on day four of your fast trying to honor the word of God. So, so there's no, uh, there, Jesus is saying here, uh, not a legalistic uh, type of, uh, of, of restriction that says you can never communicate that you're fasting. But he's talking about an attitude here. And one of the things that I want us to be careful about, and and one of the reasons that in the past I've been hesitant, uh, and and this is not not for a good reason, but to do a corporate fast, is it just really can be irritating when a church is part of a corporate fast, and fasting becomes this competition. Like, how long are you fasting? And someone says, you shouldn't be eating that, or we're on a Daniel fast, and you're like, are you sure that is on the Daniel fast list? And, you know, it can just be a little bit cumbersome, so I think accountability and encouragement is good, but I, I don't want us to uh, have the attitude as where some people are achieving other than others. This is, this is corporate, but yet personal. Now, let, let me just remind you of some incredible things that happened during a fast. Moses was in the middle of a 40-day fast when on Mount Sinai, God revealed the Ten Commandments to him. Hannah was having a fast when she couldn't have a child and God revealed to her and, and he gave her Samuel as her child. Paul was in a 14 day fast when God gave Paul direction for his life. Peter was fasting lunch when God changed the direction of his ministry and began to make Peter, uh, begin to reveal to Peter that Gentiles uh, were able to receive from the Lord also. The Bible gives many, many examples and and we'll talk about some of these next week too of breakthroughs that happen in the middle of a fast there i know many many people uh that in the spirit of, of especially Paul and Peter who did not know what direction God was taking them in the middle of a fast God revealed or more even more correctly i'm going to say this and we're going to talk about this next sunday at the end of the fast God reveals things he can reveal in the middle he can reveal at the end but often it's after a fast that a breakthrough will come. And so this is this incredible invitation from the Lord. This incredible opportunity to uh, receive from him. And I want to be very clear. and I want you to hear, hear me very clearly on this point. Because this is where a great misconception about fasting comes in. Fasting is not twisting God's arm. It's saying, God, you do what I say. You know, if if you've been around my ministry, I, I do not like that theology anyway. If God, you have to do what I say. No, I do what God says, and I submit to Him. He's not God is not subjective to my words. So fasting is not twisting God's arm, and saying God, you have to do what I say. Fasting is positioning yourself to receive His grace. Fasting is positioning yourself. To hear his voice more clearly. Fasting is positioning yourself to be able to see more clearly. You are getting in a posture to receive from the Lord when you fast. Let me suggest a couple more things that are in your notes that you can write down. As fasting reveals us. That's that's a blank there. Fasting reveals us. One thing that happens during a fast is the things that are really inside of us come out. Some of that can be anger, irritability. Some of that can be pride. A lot of those things can come out in a fast. Those, that's the bad things. And those are you're in a position for the Holy Spirit to deal with those when those come forth in your life. But good things come out in a fast. Humility. Gentleness. You know, when I, when I begin to fast, there's a gentleness that comes over me. Part of it is the body's metabolism is slowing down and you're slowing down and and it causes you to, to move slower, to reflect more, to talk more gently, to abandon the power of this world and instead submit to the power of God. It reveals things in your life. It reveals who you really want to be. It reveals who God's called you to be. It makes that calling from God come forward. It makes that calling from God become more clear because it unclutters your life. It just makes things much, much clearer. Fasting does this. It renews us. Write it down. Fasting is a constant means of renewal. John Wesley believed in fasting so much that when he started the Methodist movement, he in his methodology, he encouraged all of his preachers to fast every Wednesday and every Saturday. In fact, one of the things that happens is if we're not careful, those of us who understand fasting and understand its power, we can quickly make it legalistic. So a lot of times there's two different responses to fasting. There's a total abdication from it. and, And as Christians, we don't even participate in it because we don't understand it. And then on the other hand, the other overreaction is we elevate fasting to a place that God never wanted it to. And it's easy to do that because when, you, when you're part of something that it feels like it's working and it's good and you want everyone to do it. But again, this is just an invitation from the Lord. It renews our spirit. One of the things that will begin to happen when you fast is, is you'll have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You'll have a sensitivity to sin. All of a sudden, certain things in your life that you used to tolerate, the Holy Spirit within you won't tolerate as much. There's certain language that just will will pierce your spirit. There's certain behavior when people, as we so readily do, talk uh, and assault verbally others, there'll be a sensitivity to you because the Holy Spirit is working within you. The, his, his spirit, His voice is clear. The voices of, of the world begin to drown out and His voice has become much, much clearer. Here's the last thing I want you to write down is this is that fasting focuses us Franklin Jensen wrote, fasting helps you separate what you want from what you need. It causes you to focus on what really matters. I found that true, that fasting separates our wants from our needs. And all of a sudden we begin to realize that so many things that we desire are really uh, compared to God. They, They don't matter. And we really need Him. He's the one to sustain us. He's the one to speak to us. He's the one who who is showing us his way. Here, here's the last thing. I think I, maybe, maybe were there were four. Yeah, there were four. The last one is this, if it's in your notes. Fasting prepares us. Here's the last one. Fasting prepares us. As you enter a new era of your life, a new phase of your life, you have, when you fast, you have more time for study. You have more time for prayer. You have more time to hear his voice. You're ready to hear what God has for you. So here's the deal. This is how this is going to flesh out for us. And here's the opportunity for you. Here's the invitation for you. January 10th through January 30th, uh, the church at Indian Lake, we're going to have a corporate fast. That's 21 days. Now, uh, I'd be surprised if anyone actually fasted food all 21 days. I'm not going to do all 21 days in that. But what I'm going to participate is in something called a Daniel fast. Uh, we're joining other churches around the nation who are having a time of corporate prayer, something called Awake 21. And I don't think that's so much important as is that you know that uh, this is, this is. I guess it is important. I guess it, the idea that churches from all different denominations and backgrounds are, are concentrate on this time, praying for renewal in the Holy Spirit and for everything God wants. So that will start. And, and so I'm going to recommend a couple of things. If you've never fasted before, sometime in that 21 day period, I think it would be great to start off with two meals. You could, you could fast a breakfast and a lunch. Our lunch and a dinner. That's a great way to start. You do not want to, if you've never fasted before, it just, it just you're not going to be able. It's like jogging. You've got to build up some endurance to this, and it's just, it's just the truth. Uh, it'd be like if I told someone, yeah, let's go run, go run the Music City Marathon in two months, and they've never run before. It would be actually impossible for that to occur. So you have to build up some endurance, for you know, then a one day fast. Uh, would be a great thing and for most people a three-day fast uh, would be the right amount the right amount to have the focus that you need but during so if you want to choose some kind of period this month to do that that would be up to you but I think a good thing for all of us to do would be uh, a Daniel fast which is based off uh, a time in Daniel's life when he uh, abstained from wine and delicacies for 21 days and so Based off that, basically, the Daniel Fest, and we'll get more specifics about this Wednesday, and I'll get more specific about this in my blog because I didn't want to spend a lot of time in case people weren't interested in this on the specifics. But basically, it's no meat, uh, no processed foods, no sugars. It's vegetables, it's fruits, it's um, water, um, whole grains. Uh, so you can do whole grains. And so without getting too bogged down in the specifics right now, it's, you know, things like uh, uh, whole fiber beans, fresh fruits, things of those nature. So you're eliminating all processed food. Uh, you're eliminating meats. Uh, and you're doing this for a spiritual purpose. But I'm going to tell you, I've done this before, and, and you're going to benefit physically. You will start your year off right physically. You're also, uh, and don't gasp here, um, uh, encouraged to abstain from caffeine. Uh, and, uh, and that was a great thing. In fact, I, was, uh, I drink a lot of coffee, but I was reflecting in my journal uh, this last week. And I remember last year, like on day 8 of the Daniel Fast, I'm like, I am so feeling good without caffeine. I'm never going to drink caffeine again. And as I was reading that, I was drinking a cup of coffee. But uh. So, the reason I tell you that ahead of time is that uh, there are no rules. If you want to do part of it, you can. If you want to do the food part, not the caffeine part. You're welcome to do that. Uh, but I'm going to release a list on my blog this afternoon of the food. So we'll, I'm going to talk more specifically Wednesday night about this. Uh, but I want you to at least know about that because uh, towards the middle of this week, I'm going to start me personally uh, weaning off the caffeine a little bit and, and preparing for Monday. So all of this happens is during this period... Um, Of January 10th through the 30th, we're going to have on the three Friday nights, uh, worship and prayer nights here at the church. And these are just going to be open for anyone who wants to come. Uh, We're just going to come and there's not going to be preaching or teaching unless it's uh, a spirit led prophetic type of thing. Uh, It's going to be uh, just worship. It's going to be prayer. Uh, Anyone is welcome to come. But it's also designed for those of you participating. Participating in the 21-day fast is uh, designed to be an encouragement to you, and we'll encourage one another. And so that's what uh, that's what the Lord is is speaking to us, and I'm very excited about that. I want to ask that uh, Penny, Melissa to make their way here, and I want to ask our ushers begin to prepare uh, for communion today. Uh, and I'm so happy that we're going to take communion together this morning because what I said earlier in the message is so true. We want to feast on the Lord. Uh, We want to be Jesus-focused people. We want to be God-focused people. And communion, like nothing else, reminds us, reminds us of why we do what we do. You see, we gather here on Sundays and Wednesdays and other times in home groups. We do so because of Jesus. That's it. That's it. It's not an obligation. It's not a a cultural right. It's not something a family inheritance. Those things might play a role. But let's not forget we gather here about Jesus. We don't gather here because of a preacher. We don't gather because of a music preference. We don't gather because of a location. Yeah, maybe some of those things are factors, but I want us to be a church that gathers because of Jesus. And one of the reasons we offer communion every Sunday, for if you're visiting with us, we don't take it corporately every Sunday. We do that once a month. But I want the Lord's table to be available for you every Sunday. Because I want you to remember that Jesus is the reason we're gathered. And Jesus... Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Church in Indian Lake.